Hi, and welcome back. I'm Melinda Cusera, your indie fantasy author, and we're back with another episode of Fantasy Lore and More. And today we're talking to Alicia Escobar, to, and we're going to talk about The Towers Alchemist, and that's really exciting. So, welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. We're glad to have you. <laughs> I say we, but it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm sure you wear many hats, so. Oh, of <laughs> course, of we all do. We all do. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about uh, the Towers Alchemist? Oh, definitely for sure. Well, the Towers Alchemist was um, my debut novel that I first published back in 2011, and wow. it's near and dear to my heart because first, it's um, pretty much the last book my mother read before she passed away, and also. It was born from a writing challenge that my husband gave me. I was searching for something to write, getting back into my passion for it. And he said, hey, how about a fantasy story with a spy? You know, high action, but set it in World War II. You know, oh, make wow. it ultimate history. And I'm like, hmm, I like that. I'm like, I could write something with that. And then I had to decide, wait a minute, what were women doing during that time? Because we hear all the stories of, you know, like Rosie the Riveter and, you know, they went out to work in the factories and things like that, you know, back home, but on the front lines in the war zones, Nazi occupied, you know, France, for example, women were literally parachuting into there after receiving, you know, a certain amount of training from British intelligence or, you know, the French resistance and acting as spies. And they did this because Winston Churchill said, we need people who would go in, kind of be unnoticed because who would notice a woman, a woman right? Mm -hmm. And she would use her skills and her training to relay information back to the resistance, to the allies, and basically to help win the war. And so the Towers Alchemist is about a jaded spy named Isabella, who has been a spy for quite a while. And she's like, you know what, I'm tired of this, my friends keep dying, and I want to retire to a normal life. And the reason why they recruited her is because she happens to be a wizard trained by the prestigious oh, wow. Great Tower. And the Nazis at this point have decided, we're going to get vampires and monsters on our side, and we'll just overwhelm our enemies and win the war. And of course, the British, the Americans, the French, they're like, no, wait, you're not going <laughs> to, you're not going to get one up on us. We're going to recruit wizards and, you know, we'll match you. And so Isabella is one of these wizards, but she reluctantly agrees to one final mission, which is to get into Paris unnoticed, extract a warlock who's creating this uh, deadly alchemical weapon called the plague, and then, you know, you'll get to go home and live your life, find, find your true love, whatever. And so she's like, okay, I'll do it. But then it gets complicated because she ends up getting betrayed by someone within her own organization. And she has to oh, find no. out who did it. She's also um, being hunted down by one of these vampires. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, she has to decide what she wants in her life, whether it's romantically, because there are two possible love interests, as well as kind of like a huge secret um, circling her family history. So it's a lot of fun. Oh, wow. Let's meet her. You've got an excerpt that you can read us. Oh, well. <laughs> Put me on the spot here. Let's see and pull up my excerpt. Just so I it's won't always, like cause like a crazy gap in time. 
Um, okay. If I can maybe recall something from memory that she says. I, I um, mean, oh, yeah, or you could even <laughs> like the first chapter or something, just so we can get a sense of of the of of her from her, you know, hear her in her own words. Okay, great. I'm going to pull this out right now. Okay. This is from chapter one. Starts off with her in a dark forest in Denmark with a Danish soldier and they're doing a radio broadcast so they can help any allies that are in the area because they would send coded messages through radio broadcasts on you know their channels. So she says, I never imagined my first trip to Denmark would include crouching in a forest in the dark of night, but at least the beech trees gave lighter in me much needed cover. I rose to my feet and stood over him, jerking my head to the right to indicate that we needed to pack up and head out. When he waved me off, I shut the transmitter case with my foot and trained my stun gun on him. He glared at me. I wasn't done with my radio transmission. You went over by five minutes. That means they'll be coming. I had little patience for people who did things that would get me killed. He pulled out a pistol and grabbed the case. I'm ready. I flinched when the first gunshot rang. It took the ESS little effort to pinpoint our position. Lighter jumped to his feet and ran with me through the forest. I breathed in through my nose and mouth like I do when I take in a jog. I felt a cold lump in the pit of my stomach as my shoes haphazardly crushed dry leaves and twigs beneath them. We heard voices, dogs barking, and where the forest cleared, we saw a headlights of a trekkers standing in the middle of the road. Great, we've just been flanked. And then from that point on, she finds out that they have a warlock with them. And she has to use her abilities as an alchemist to bend him off. Oh wow! So, in your so in your world, you got women as wizards, and it sounds like so are alchemists and wizards the same thing, or is there like a classification system? The classification is um, a wizard is anyone, man or woman, who has magical abilities, and if it's just meager you know, meager ability, uh, the Great Tower will ignore you. But if you show some promise, or if they are afraid you'll kill someone accidentally, they'll train you at the Great Tower. And you can either choose to stay with them, rise within the ranks, you know, become a master wizard. Um, they'll send you out to uh, become advisors to people, you know, in politics and government. Or they'll just, you know, send you home like, okay, we've trained you enough so that you don't kill someone. Now go home. And a warlock is someone who basically used their powers for evil. And they are often not trained by the Great Tower, but are trained by kind of a rival organization known as the Black Wolves. And it's headed by a vampire named Octavia. And another thing with the warlocks is either you are born one, just like the wizards, you're naturally born with these abilities. Um, kind of like the concept of being born a mutant with X-Men. Mm. Or you can make a pact with a demon to obtain powers. Oh, wow. But, but the catch is that if you do this, you become a vampire. And that's why the vampires in the story, they feed off of other wizards. So they have to uh, feed off of other wizards and steal their powers. And eventually they become monsters themselves. And they lose their sense of reason their humanity, and they become deformed. 
do they have to die after they make the pact with the, the demons to get the powers? Or they just automatically become the vampire without having to do the whole dying thing? They become the vampire without dying. That's cool. Yes. That's a cool twist on it. So is there a real gray tower or is it just the name of the 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 group? Is it like is there is there an actual gray tower that people go to like like Hogwarts or whatever for training? Yeah, there is, actually. <laughs> I think one of my reviewers actually mentioned like a grown up Harry Potter in a sense because there is an actual gray tower that they go to and it's hidden, obviously because they know that if their enemies knew their location, they would descend upon them. And also they um, the, a lot of master wizards tend to be arrogant and hold themselves a little bit above humanity. So they're like, uh, it's not worth, you know, p other people, outsiders knowing where we are actually located. So they'll bring in people who they need or who they want, but they'll do it in the way where to the normal human mind, they, they couldn't determine where they are in the world. And but it's actually located like in Czechoslovakia at that time. Oh. It was Slovakia and then 1941. So um, she had went there, you know, after college, she trained. And then she went to uh, Isabella, she went to London afterwards, she dropped out, she's like, oh, these people are not my cup of tea. <laughs> and so she decided to go work for the British intelligence. And she lies to her family back home in America, because um, she's American. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm in the ambassador's office. And you know, I'm, you know, doing great. But she's really going on all these dangerous missions. And that's one of her other motivations to quit is because she's like, I want to see my mom, I want to see my brother, and I'm stuck here lying to them. And I would hate for something to happen to me. And my handler have to call them up and say, I'm so sorry, your daughter wasn't just working in the ambassador's office in London, she was on a mission in France, and she, you know, got taken out by a vampire, you know? Oh, wow. So like, what does the Grey Tower do during World War Two? Because Czechoslovakia was invaded, if I'm not misremembering. Yes, yes, it was invaded. And um, the Tower's Alchemist takes place in the summer of 1941. And during that time, they were overrun. And in fact, uh, they had started rounding up some Jews at that time, as well as just, you know, killing people, you know, to instill fear and submission. And so people were fleeing that area and they were going to uh, other countries. They were going to France. They were trying to find help with um, the part of France that was still, you know, uh, involved in the resistance because, you know, it was France was split. You know, mm -hmm. it was like the compliant government's like, okay, let's just go along with what Germany wants. And then there was the other half who was like, you know, we're going to fight. And so uh, Isabella, she's trying to help out the resistance. She has connections there. And one of the, her uh, closest connections is a woman named Renee who runs a safe house basically for spies who come in. And she's like a mother figure, a mentor to her. And another secondary character, which I just love is uh, Jasmine, who is also like kind of like a spy and informant, but she's um, also a performer and she's um, inspired by the singer and actress, Josephine Baker, mm -hmm. who um, was, in Paris at that time and who did, you know, spy on behalf of the resistance. So it was just fun, you know, bringing in those different threads of history and history inspired uh, characters into the story. 
No, this is so cool. I grew up on stories of World War II. My, um, the Hungarian side of my family came to the U.S. during World War II, right after <laughs> Hitler invaded. So I, anything about World War II gets my instant attention because <laughs> there's like family history involved in that. Awesome. And yes. yeah, and there's so much uh, family history that was lost too because we don't know what happened to a lot of the. My grandfather got out, but we don't know yeah. what happened to a lot of his siblings or to my great grandparents or any of his cousins or anything. There's just my uncle went back and there's just no records of anything. Oh, wow. they, they, we don't even know what he couldn't read or write English, so we don't know what we don't even know what village he was from. Oh, he was like 21 when he came here, <laughs> oh, <laughs> when wow. he like um, snuck out of Hungary and came to the U.S. He had a sister here, so it was like, I'm getting out of there. <laughs> I don't belong here. I'm, he had a, he a, 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 two sisters yeah. here in the U.S. And it was like, I'm leaving. I'm done. I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. No, this is I find this all very fascinating. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. And just, you know, doing the research for all this, it uh, it really gave you, you know, great perspective on history, what happened during that time. Yeah. And I kind of wove that into the story and doing it with a fantasy. Um, it expresses kind of like that metaphor of if you hold power and you choose to do either good or evil with it, it has a huge impact, you know, on yourself, on other people and the world. And so with the warlocks, I thought it was fitting that many of them do become vampires and do be, turn into these monstrosities because they've lost their humanity. They've chosen that dark path. Yeah. And then the, our hero, uh, Isabella, she chose another path. She, she wants to fight for justice. She wants to save lives and see peace. And, you know, it kind of takes a toll on her. And, you know, that's why she's at the point where she's ready to quit. But deep in her heart, she knows that she can't quit. Yeah, World War Two is like I, I think it's just tailor made for fantasy because it's almost like I mean it 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 it's almost like a Lord of the Rings esque you know yes. sort of war because you had clear like good and evil like there was the Nazis and they were very clearly evil and anybody who was fighting against them was was you know yeah. you were fighting for all of humanity basically <laughs> in a way because they were out to exterminate anybody who wasn't like them and their definition of them was super like i wouldn't fit it <laughs> you know? yes, yes, it's super yes. super specific and narrow you know so i i had a lot of fun with it and just you know uh using those characters and you know the villains they some some of them are a little bit you know complex and you have some um, redemption arcs going on too with one or two people, but yeah, uh, this was like a clear line, right? Of these yeah. bad guys who are looking to um, just throw everyone into submission, kill anyone who defied them. And so, in telling that story, you get an idea of what people went through. And believe me, like my story does not do it justice. You know, I can never, you know. Uh, represent you know the you know horrors that went on and what people went through but at least maybe just uh having that in the story can encourage people to maybe go find out the history and look into it more because these are some amazing stories especially the women who did yeah. the spying did the footwork i didn't even know they existed until i did this research and their stories just amazed me one of my favorites was um nancy wake she was from new zealand and she got involved because her um, 
I believe it was, if I remember correctly, her husband was killed. Um, if I'm not um, mistaking her for one of the other women, but she got involved and she was like a total badass. And uh, she went in, parachuted into Paris under the cover of night and she uh, got into a confrontation with a Nazi and she thought it was like hogwash when the when the British intelligence like told her how to fight martial arts she's like this is useless you know what am I going to do with this and she actually did it and she literally killed oh, wow. the Nazi with her bare hands already chopped him to the neck and killed him and so <laughs> after that it's like okay maybe this is actually useful yeah. <laughs> yeah, I this skill <laughs> You know, it was such a it was such a time too. Like there's just there's so many stories and it's it's a history that we don't want to repeat. So it's it's important that people go back and and look into it because there was so much. And then after that, after World War Two, then we had the Iron Curtain come down and all of you know, things get crazy. Mm-hmm. And we don't we don't want to relive all of that. We want peace and um it almost like there's some parallels between world, you know, World War II and what's going on with Ukraine and Russia at the moment. Like there's a lot of atrocities and things, not to the same level, but you know, I, I just hope that that's not going to go into another type of war like that. Yeah, definitely, because war, um, war is not a cakewalk. You know, it's yeah, it causes human suffering, pain, damage, loss. Like you said. How um, your family members, it's hard for them to locate where they came from, their village, their records. You yeah, know? there's no it records. Destroys so much. So hopefully, you know, we don't repeat that cycle. I hope I hope we don't like and there's like there's so much like culture and stuff that like I don't know about because it's all gone. Like there was a couple authors who were on um, earlier in this series. They were talking about like Slavic mythology and how hard it was to piece that together because once the World War Two ended and the Iron Curtain came down, like Russia tried to completely eradicate all of what was there. And now there's sort of a resurgence of that, which I think is great. And, And I wish that I knew had grown up with some of that but like i don't i don't know anything about it <laughs> you know and that's like and that's like one of the costs of that of world war ii that's still echoing down through the generations that so many of our families like fled during world war ii and you know integrated into countries where they went to and you know like we've lost a lot of that yes so there's a lesson to be learned in there for sure yeah and and not to mention like how many people lost their lives like between the soldiers and the um the 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 people who were in the nazi death camps like it's just the human cost of that war was just astronomical i think that's awesome that you're like you know taking one small piece of it and putting it in a fantasy book and 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 because that just it it brings it back into our our collective consciousness and says hey we can't forget about this they were amazing women doing amazing things like they were women aviators like i read a book recently and i was like i did not know this (laughs) you know (laughs) that there weren't because it was such a you know there was such a high death toll in world war ii that after a while like they were running out of pilots and things and some women were like hey I could do this too. You know, I want to be up there doing this, I, you know. Exactly. Yes. I think that's amazing. Yeah, their stories just really impacted me. And um, in fact, you know, with the Kickstarter, uh, one of the rewards will be like a mini documentary that I'm making yes. on several of these women. So I'm so excited about that. Are you going to, I mean, I don't know if any of them are still alive. I mean, 
some because I, I know a lot of the World War II generation has is you know right. it's it's been many of them were born in like you know 1920 or you know and they'd be a hundred years old now so many of them are just not around anymore um, to be interviewed. Yeah, I'm not sure if they are. Um, I know that Nancy Wake passed away around 2015, 2016. And then, you know, obviously the, the ones who didn't even make it past the war, uh, like uh, uh, Violet Zabo, you know, they actually made a great movie about her. It's, it's called Car for Name with Pride, starring Virginia McKenna. It's such a great movie. Oh, I'll have to check that out. So for your uh, documentary, you're just going to be researching? Or are you gonna be, is there anyone you'll be interviewing for it? I'll be doing research and putting, you know, together like, you know, photos and video footage with voiceover. I'm hoping to at least get in one or two interviews. We shall see. Um, that's my goal because, you know, might as well make it as fun as I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a, such a cool project. That's why yeah. I backed it immediately. And when you were like, hey, can I come on the podcast? I was like, yes, please. <laughs> let's find a time. <laughs> let's let's find let's let's make this happen. Let's let's yeah. talk about it. Definitely. Yeah, and, and and you've got so many other cool things in the Kickstarter too, like the um the hardcover books with I think they're the sprayed edges. Yeah, sprayed edges. That's going to be fun. I'm um, gearing up for that. And as well as the bookmark and postcard art. And the postcards have my husband's version of Isabella. His portrayal oh. of her, which is really cool. And um, for those who don't know, my husband is a storyboard artist for The Simpsons TV show. So, Which I think is so cool. <laughs> and um, he, he tells me whenever I ask him, because everyone asks me um, to ask him, if they really know how to predict, you know, events <laughs> because they're like, oh, the census predicted this. <laughs> and he says, no, he says, no. Does he have a favorite character to draw? Um, you know, I never asked him. <laughs> I, love... <laughs> I, like, I never cared to ask, you know, but um, I think he enjoys, um, you know, drawing them all. Maybe Maggie, maybe Maggie's his favorite. And it's so funny too because <laughs> several of the artists also know know how to do the voices. And oh, that's weird. fun! Yeah. Because they all you know all day they have to like listen to the voice actors and you know draw. So, <laughs> so they must be sick of the dialogue after a while. <laughs> oh yeah, and since he works from home, you know, I'm like sometimes I'm like right across from him, and I hear the same scene playing over and over. <laughs> That's so wild. That's that's so wild. I didn't. Th and he's replaying them because he's doing the art for it, or yes, yes. Sometimes he's doing the storyboards. Sometimes he's doing you know layout. So it depends. Do they do the voiceovers before he does the the storyboarding or after? Yes. That's pretty cool. I know I don't know anything about cartoons other than I have watched The Simpsons. Obviously, <laughs> I grew up watching that. Right. Oh, I don't know who didn't. We're watching it too. So it's it's so funny because we waited a while before showing our children, and once we finally start letting them watch the show, because you know technically it's not a kids' show. No, it's not. <laughs> but like you, it, it's so ubiquitous. Like, and so yeah. many people talk about it and reference it, and it's in all the memes that like. It'd be hard to keep it from them, but you know. 
because then they would just not know what people were talking about <laughs> and they'd end up like just going on youtube and finding clips of it anyways <laughs> exactly <laughs> better if you control the experience <laughs> agreed yeah all right so the the towers alchemist is book one of a trilogy and are there going to be future? There's not going to be. Are there going to be future books in this there world? There won't be future books. Um, I'm keeping it just as a trilogy, so it's a completed story, and um, I'm glad for that because I, I think it finished naturally. There's nothing more to a lot of it, unless maybe at some point if I want to do maybe some prequel stuff or short stories. You know, that's a possibility. But for the most part, like as for novel length. Um, works it's complete as a trilogy okay because it might be kind of neat to do the, like the iron curtain years how that changes things between the gray tower yeah. and the maybe actually maybe with like the cold war <laughs> and stuff ideas. <laughs> sending ideas <laughs> i find all that like the whole cold war thing um there was a lot of spying you know, going oh, on yeah. there. And mm -hmm. and a lot of it was women in yes. the Cold War because same thing. Yes. You don't suspect them. And and there's just, exactly. you know, especially with like the whole tensions between Russia and the US, there was just a lot of spying going on. Yes. I actually do have a Russian spy in the story who's kind of a nemesis of Isabella. Her name is uh, Nikon Preskovia and She's a uh, telekinetic and also a very good fighter, hand-to-hand -hand combat. And she does not like Isabella. <laughs> and she partners with the vampires to try to take her down. So it's fun. Oh, wow. So you already had the Russian agent turning on them even before that happened at the end of the war? Yes. Sort of for foreshadowing. That's pretty wild. And then, oh, sorry. Ahead. No, no, go ahead. Um, I guess while I'm mentioning uh, the Towers Alchemist and what I have in store for it, I just had a meeting yesterday with a couple of producers because we're in talks for developing the screenplay for, um, you know, film adaptation. So I'm excited about that. Oh, wow. That's, and how is the writer's strike going to affect that? Um, <laughs> I know it can have come at a worse time, right? It's like, yeah. let's get a screenplay. Uh, nobody's writing. Uh, <laughs> we're looking at actually, because um, because everything is pretty much set in Europe for the Towers Alchemist, we're, and you know, obviously the shoots would be in Europe, we're looking at just getting a European writer to do the script. Oh, that's exciting. So maybe you can kind of get around that. Um, but we're not 100% counting out an American writer, but more than likely we'll probably go with someone over there, especially since it's all based in Europe anyway. And that would make sense. That would make sense. And um, is this with like a major motion picture company or like you doing this as an indie thing or? Independent for now. And depending on once we get into pre-production, we'll see if we can attach to a studio. And eventually, you know, get, you know, the distribution, everything done. So, you know, but like our first step right now, uh, because like, I'm like, uh, can I 
hop on as co-producer. And so oh, wow. with securing the screenwriter and the script. So um, unfortunately, I'm not at that skill level yet to like write my own screenplays. You know, that would have been awesome. So I would rather trust that particular work to, uh, you know, seasoned screenwriter who can, you know, bring the story to life in that format. Because even though both are storytelling, there are two different types of writing. You know, yeah. Yeah. And would, are, would you be, um, uh, whatchamacallit, I can't think of the words, but would you be, so would you be involved with the script writing or like they would write it, would you review it or if they're just going to write it and you're just going to accept whatever it is or? I would review it uh, because um, I'm getting in as, you know, with co-producer status, I'm able to, you know, kind of view that and, you know, have some input just good, you know, and, you know, I promise not to be the kind of person who's like, it has to be this way or no way at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so exciting, though. Like, that, that's so cool that, that it's going to be maybe in a couple of years we could be seeing it in the theater. Yes, it would be so awesome. So another reason why I want this whole, like, crazy conflict over there to end, right? It's like, yeah. you know, people want to work, people want to do business, people want to live their lives. And then it's like all of this crazy stuff going on too in the backdrop. So hopefully, hopefully we can see uh, peace over there. Uh, and, uh, you know, and my thoughts are definitely with, you know, people who have already suffered. Um, yeah, it's like, you sometimes we take for granted the safety that we have because geographically where we are yeah but yeah it's tough and yeah i i definitely kind of touch upon that in my story yeah no it's just just hearing some of the stories over there like that especially the destruction of the dam and how much damage it's done to, Mm -hmm. to lives and it's just it's to see it happening in in our lifetime uh is it's chilling um you know, I, I grew up on stories of World War II and like, right. it feels like echoes from the past almost. Like it's not the same conflict, it's not over the same thing, but it just feels like, it just feels like the past is trying to repeat itself. Maybe not exactly right. as it did, but like that, I think, yeah. Maybe it's fr- maybe it's because my family is from, you know, uh, Eastern Europe that it's, very much pressing on my um right on my mind uh and my thoughts are with the people over there i've sent i've donated you know yeah. as much as i can yeah. um it's just you know I, I was hoping with the whole thing with um what's his name the um the paramilitary group um i can't think of his name <laughs> yes that when all that was going down i was uh, you know i was hoping that would put the the nail in the coffin and mm-hmm. it we would be seen, but it's, it's still going on. So, right. and, and there are like just lives being lost and disrupted and it's, yeah, I, I hope we see an end to it soon, but yeah. it's, it's completely like wrecked that whole region. It's, it would take a long, even if there was peace tomorrow, it would take a long time to rebuild. And yeah. then there would be the uneasy, you know, ten, you know, it would still be tension there because it, you know, it happened now once it could happen again. Exactly. You know, I don't. I, I hope lasting peace comes in our time, but I think that would take like a change of leadership and just a change of mindset over there, and that might be harder to achieve. I don't know. Right. It's so tough. It's so tough. But then, 
I think that's why we need people to speak out for what is right yeah. and to be heroes. And and yeah, and and reminds people of like, hey, you know, when brother that when that this is that this in the past somebody thought they were right and their way was the right way and look at the toll and what it caused and how many countries and people were affected by it and you know that it's starting here but it could drag a whole lot of other nations into it if if not careful exactly which is one thing that i worry about because there's all the NATO countries around it and the US is part of NATO. <laughs> so it's 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 definitely a tense situation and, and we'll have like because that's what happened with World War One was all the alliances that everybody was entangled and dragged a lot of people into this war. And a lot of them were like didn't really know the, the Archduke who got assassinated and didn't really care too much, but because they had all these mutual alliances, right. it was like, well, we kind of have to legally get involved in this, even though we, it doesn't really have anything to do with us. Um, yeah. Just, you know, watching the world stage with, and hoping for the best and which, yeah. And that's what one of the great things with fantasy is we can re, we can write the wrongs of the past. We can remind about them and we can do so with a lot of magic and maybe have a little fun along the way. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. That's what it's about. <laughs> yeah. And 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 that and the Towers Alchemist um in the whole series is just is cool. But you know, shining a light on the accomplishments of women. Um and I hope people check out your Kickstarter. It's very cool. Thank it's you so much. lots yeah. of cool stuff <laughs> and i'm excited about the documentary and excited to hear there's going to be a film that's like very cool even yeah. if it takes years to, to come about i know these things are quick right that's very yeah. cool it'd be like live action or is or is your husband going to be drawing it <laughs> it will be live action but um might pull him for like storyboards like movie storyboards yeah so he's not yet on the project but could be not yet, but you know, I, I have certain influence. <laughs> you have plans for him. <laughs> what do your kids think about all this? Oh wow! Well, my uh, daughter, she um, she's my eldest. She's in high school, and she really enjoys it. She thinks it's so cool. She actually is taking after me, being kind of like a little writer herself. She's in a creative writing club, and she you know, kind of helps downside, help me with bouncing off ideas and things like that. So it's interesting to get her thinking as a creative, thinking as an artist. She has that dual ability because she also likes to draw and she, you know, so she takes after dad in that respect. So I, uh, the younger kids, they're kind of like, yeah, that, uh, oh, that, okay, that's cool, mommy. Wrote a book. Uh, <laughs> they're not interested. <laughs> And then, I, and then um, my second eldest, my son, he he's like, okay, I have two of your books, and I promise I'll read them. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I have to finish them. I have like such a huge TBR, and this podcast here is just making it longer. <laughs> but I'll get through them all. I'll get through them all someday. <laughs> Will happen. Not sure when exactly, but it will happen. <laughs> Maybe by then you'll have. We'll find you buried under a pile of books. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, thankfully, most of the TBR is digital. So, you know, if it falls on me, it won't hurt. <laughs> digital yeah. books don't weigh anything. 
<laughs> but yeah, like I'm just always adding to it. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, this was awesome. Is there anything else you want to say about the Towers Alchemist or the Kickstarter or the books in the series? Uh, yeah, just, um, you know, check out the Kickstarter. Uh, you can just, you know, search, type in the search bar, Gray Tower, and it'll pop up. And also keep up with my socials for updates on, you know, the film adaptation, as well as any special announcements I may have. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Oh, also, uh, for anyone who's in the California area and they're attending San Diego Comic-Con on the 22nd, I'll be on a panel. So you can meet me oh, wow. there. Which panel are you going to be on? I will be on the spiritual themes in comics panel which oh wow what are they what are they going to be talking about i'm i won't i'll be at the i'll be probably at work (laughs) at my day job that day unless it's a weekend and then i'll be here maybe doing a podcast recording (laughs) such is my life (laughs) but yeah it's um i think it's gonna be kind of like a free-for-all i know that i'm gonna be talking about constantine that's my favorite comic you know, and it deals with the supernatural. It's a little bit dark, but I just love the Hellblazer comics. Yeah, I I know Constantine. Mm-hmm. I I haven't looked at an, an issue in a long time. I should probably rectify that. They're good in the free time that I don't have. Tell you something else. Yeah, it's just I used to be a huge comic book nerd and had like the big collection of mostly marvel but i also liked image comics and dark horse mm. and now i know there's many other uh imprints out there i just haven't kept up with it there's just not enough time in the day anymore <laughs> <laughs> but that's really cool that you're going to be at the comic-con so and and if uh if people are for those listening to it after the kickstarter has finished um your books are available or widely available on the different retailers amazon apple google play that's where i got my copies uh barnes and noble kobo uh i'm forgetting somebody at all the places yeah all the places (laughs) and i think you also do some do you, you and you might have some on your website too Yes, I do have um, my ebooks for sale on my website directly at aliciaescobar.com. So, yeah, stop by and visit. Yeah. No, this was great. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. I'm glad I could just discuss all of this with you. I'm so excited. No, thank you. And this has been Fantasy Lauren Moore, and I'm Melinda Cusseri, your indie fantasy author, and this is Alicia Escobar. Am I saying that right? <laughs> Alicia. It's Alicia. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alicia Escobar. And... You know, I'm used to the Alicia because, um, you know, my um, in-laws are Hispanic. My husband's Hispanic. So they're like, Alicia. <laughs> That's pretty. That's really pretty. I like that. Alicia. That's really pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll have all the notes in the show notes. I'm sorry, all the links in the show notes or the description, depending on where you are listening or watching. And that'll do it for this episode. I'll see you next time for another book and another fantasy author. Have a good day or a good night, wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs>